Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom, from modern-day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. guest today is good good friend uh kale dennis um before i really let him introduce himself i actually felt like i wanted to share the story of how i met kale i actually didn't uh, meet kale in 3d form and and in person like we normally tend to meet uh actually our relationship began on day four of a, of a vision quest that I was on down in New Mexico, <laughs> he's starting to laugh because he knows the story. <laughs> it was day four of no food and no water. And, and I, it was already like prayed out and intentioned out and, and everything. And in my mind, I was just like, oh, okay, one more night. And, and, uh, in the morning they're going to come get me and I'll be done with this thing. And, and then all of a sudden, I start to hear this drumming of the djembe. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, that, that's that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. And started moving and dancing with it a little bit. And it's like, all right, incorporate this into my intention and my prayer. And then, then I was starting to get more and more tired because I was pretty drained at that point. And the djembe kept going. <laughs> <laughs> And then there was more djembe's <laughs> uh, for hours and hours. Uh, well, it was at least twelve or thirteen hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All I wanted to do was to get, make it through the night, and uh, and uh, and the music kept playing, and. Um, yeah, and then after my quest ended, I came up the hill and uh, ended up meeting this man that's uh, talking with me today, uh, and we're blessed to get to make a lot of music together, and now is a part of my life, too, so be careful when you play that thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it does some things, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It sure does. <laughs> Thank yeah, goodness. So, so Kale, um, yeah, thanks so much for coming and chatting on the podcast today. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you. If you want to uh, start, and I'll invite you, just like with most of my guests, if you want to orient us a little bit to um, kind of where you are in your life, um, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, age-wise, career-wise, relationship-wise, like let's just start from where we are and then we'll explore from there. Oh, great. Yeah, so these days... Uh recently bought a house with my girlfriend in Loveland, Colorado. So it's so nice to be up here uh, in Fort Collins and Loveland area with you. And it's um, great recalling that story that you mentioned. Uh, I remember it was actually raining too. Oh, yeah. um, So we were drumming underneath a, a canopy. Hmm. Um, anyhow, um, I'm in the process of starting an acupuncture practice here in Fort Collins, which is really exciting. A uh, long time coming after um, going to school and getting a master's degree in acupuncture and uh, making some transition also to, to arrive up here in terms of work and um, still part of the acupuncture college, working part-time on the administration. Um, and uh, also, as you mentioned, we get to play a lot of music together, um, so it's been really great uh, having Djembe back in my life as it kind of took a bit of a back burner uh, while I was going to school. And so really great to have that back in my life and to, to have this beautiful community that we have here and to, to be able to continue to foster that together. Uh, it's really great. Um, generally speaking, um, in a bit of a, a building phase of life, as mm. I mentioned, starting an acupuncture practice um, last few years, kind of coming out of a bit of a transition health-wise and work-wise, and so really excited to to continue to cultivate this fire of uh, building the things that I love and, um, and just newness. There's a new opportunity to to grow here in Fort Collins and living in a new area and a new relationship, planting more roots, uh, buying a house. There's a bit more stability. I've moved around quite a bit in my life. So uh, it's really great to uh, have a place to sink in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm also grateful that you've landed here and that you're settling and, and, and building roots. And, and it's interesting. Like I, I had this, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like um, dissonance a little bit in my own brain as you were talking about newness is like right now it's actually fall and the leaves are finally falling off <laughs> of the trees. And like in my system, I'm actually feeling a little bit of a, a old, crusty, settling, letting go type of a thing. And, and so um, I, I perked up a little bit when you said newness in this building phase of your life, which, which you're absolutely right. You totally are. And I'm wondering like how you've landed in this moment of building, um, which might be a little unconventional, um, both for the time of the year and the phase of life that you're in. Um, how'd you get here? Yeah, for sure. I think that's well said. I feel that also in myself too, that sort of cringing aspect of just recognizing here we are in fall and 
getting ready to go into the winter. Pretty soon it will likely snow. And, um, and I'm also in a, in a spring type phase of life. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, interestingly, that spring type phase of life is a, is a reoccurring theme for me, it seems, mm -hmm. uh, just sort of on a, a macro level of my life. Um, I definitely seem to have a bit of a, uh, I don't know, almost like a, maybe a pioneering quality of starting things and beginnings. Mm. And so um, it's nice to, um, it's nice to recognize that with the beginnings that I'm in now, um, that uh, hopefully um, they'll be coming into the next phases of summer and fall and winter and, and repeating that cycle. So um, yeah, I feel like, uh, I'm looking forward to that potentially just because uh, I think there is a, a natural cycle of life and acupuncture school, for example, it's a, it's kind of a bit of a paradox. You learn how to work with people and uh, learn how to deepen in your relationship with nature and, um, and to strive towards uh, helping to foster balance in yourself and in other people uh, while going to a three-and-a-half-year master's program that's quite intensive and in some ways kind of counter to mm -hmm. living in harmon <laughs> harmony with nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I feel like um, I'm, I'm 43 now, and um, I've lived... Um, all over the country and outside of the country a bit as well and um, have had a lot of beautiful experiences um, um, both challenging and um, and all quite rewarding and so uh, to land myself in this building phase where I'm at now I kind of take a look at myself and part of me is is uh wondering, wow, how am I going to do this? I don't have the resources that I had when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even just experiencing health issues and uh, lots of transition uh, the last few years, um, in some ways, uh, uh, is daunting. Mm -hmm. um, I I would love uh, and, and intend this winter to rest and and actually listen to winter and build up my reserves and on the other hand i'm i'm really excited to get my business off the ground and to to um bring this thing that i've been creating and building and uh, uh working on with uh for years now um this acupuncture thing and um i'm also a uh massage therapist and so um yeah i'm just really looking forward to um you know, to actualizing this in a in a bigger way than what i have in the past in terms of working with many people and and also just being a part of the community mm. um there's something really nourishing to me about um about having that depth of relationship with people that I've built um, in my life, but I've also built it in so many places and I've also left those places too. Mm. And so there's a, there's a part of me that deeply yearns for um, just a, a, a place to cultivate that with some length. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you said a lot there and and that pioneer spirit I'm curious about, like that's driven you to all these places and leaving of places and the now the desire to deepen into longer relationships and longer relationship with community that's emerging for you. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about um, maybe some of the places that you have been and, and like what was driving you there and, and what you learned from some of those places? Sure. It doesn't have to be all of them, but any, a few that stand out maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I grew up in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, about uh, halfway through high school, I ended up moving to Florida. Uh, my parents divorced when I was seven, and my father had moved to Florida when I was 12. Mm. And uh, I had always wanted to um, to spend more time with him. And so when I was 15, I ended up uh, sort of uprooting uh, myself and my family also Mm. uh, in some ways uh, to go live with my father. And uh, it was great. I'm so glad that I did it. And it was also really challenging for sure. Mm. Uh, I have a sister and uh, my mother, you know, she she, um, knew that it was in my heart to go, but also uh, didn't want to let me go too. So that that was a big thing. A uh, big change. Um, so uh, after after I lived in Florida and uh, went to undergrad for anthropology um, at the University of Florida, uh, moved to Seattle um, with uh, a girlfriend at the time. Uh, lived in that area for three years, and um, I feel like that was a big piece for me because. Um, just before moving there, I had some pretty significant uh, um, challenging experiences traveling abroad um, that kind of, I was in shell shock, I think, after that. Mm. And so when I had moved to Seattle, um, I was in a in a place of um, just really deep social anxiety, fear, mm. shock, depression, um, and uh, I don't know, I, I was lucky enough to be dating someone who um, lived in Gainesville, Florida previously, where there is also a five element acupuncture school, hmm. which is the style of acupuncture that I practice. And um, I saw a, a five element acupuncturist there and my life radically transformed within about six months or so. I just felt like myself again and... Um, and even just in in terms of the place I was working, I I um, I was working at a grocery store, stocking dairy products and alcohol, and um, really quickly was promoted um, uh, to the front end manager of the of the grocery store, and. Um, that for me was, it was just really exciting because at the time, I mean, um, I think it was like maybe a $15 pay raise, which after, you know, being a young person and, and, uh, working so many places, um, then finally making more money, it was kind of like a, a nice reflection of like, wow, actually have some worth. And, Mm. and I, I, I was just recognizing myself, I think on a deeper level after coming out of this sort of shell shocked place that I mentioned. Um, what happened traveling if you don't mind sharing? Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was, let's see, 
I think I was around 25, 26 years old, something like that. Um, uh, long story, but uh, I was in a, a bit of a messy love triangle at the time. Mm. Um, I was in a phase of life where I was kind of experimenting with... Um, you know, I think as many of us do when we're in college and younger, um, experimenting with, uh, you know, what, what is relationship and, and, um, you know, uh, looking at, uh, sexuality and, um, and really just generally not knowing myself. And, and I think, uh, was in a relationship with someone that was a bit of more of a casual relationship. Um, and this person, um, traveled to New Zealand, um, after her and I had been, uh, together on and off for, uh, for a time. Um, it was, it was, uh, I think just a moment where, there was a part of me that I that knew what I was doing was not the right thing for me, mm -hmm. but I also chose to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and and what that what that meant was essentially not being totally honest with this person, mm. um, and um, kind of just being on the fence in terms of my commitment with them. And so um, we had broken up. But then um, they were getting ready to travel to New Zealand and um, offered to have me come and be with them. Mm. Uh, and at the time, uh, you know, it was also, I also kind of, I think just questioned in my mind about, well, could we be together potentially and maybe give this a real shot instead of being something casual? And um and kind of just tried to convince myself that that was the thing, but also I think deep down knew that it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened that maybe a week before um, going to New Zealand, uh, I met someone. And while, while this other person was in New Zealand, and I very quickly realized uh, I had some deep feelings for this person. And... Um, and, and knew that I wanted to pursue something with them. And so I was in this conundrum of like, do I go to New Zealand? And, uh, and you know, for me, it was like, I don't know. At the time, I had never, I had, I've traveled for sure. I was lucky enough to, um, to go to Cuba when I was 15 uh, and uh, in a sailboat race. And that really <laughs> um, opened up <laughs> the doors. Uh, just in terms of like the potential of travel. So just the, the idea of going to New Zealand, you know, was like, uh, it was really exciting. Um, but I also knew that uh, I had this feeling, these feelings for this person that I just met. And so I decided to go to New Zealand and I decided that I would tell this person essentially when I arrived that, that I had met someone and just, you know, see how it would go and hope that we could travel as friends, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So the time that I went to New Zealand, it was during the summer, but, um, 
it was uh, one of the coldest summers that they had had in uh, 50 years or so. Oh, wow. And uh, and I didn't really prepare. Like I didn't really know what I was getting into. And I, I had envisioned that I'd be traveling around uh, with this friend uh, in a van because that was originally the plan. And so I overpacked. I brought a djembe and a, and a packing backpack and a regular backpack. And, and I actually didn't even bring things like a, a winter coat or... Or mm. a sleeping bag or a tent. <laughs> and so. <laughs> young brain. That's young ranger, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was the epitome of, of a young brain for sure, even though I was in my late or mid 20s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, eventually, uh, don't want to get into this too long, but um, got to New Zealand and, uh, and, and told this person what had happened. And of course she was incredibly hurt, understandably, and, mm. and didn't want to travel together. And so there I was essentially on my own. Mm. Um, I, I ended up getting a, a couple positions as a woofer. Um, at the time I was, uh, um, I was trying out vegetarianism and, uh, and so I was working on these organic farms. That's what the wolfing program is. Mm -hmm. And you essentially work for a certain amount of time for, um, in exchange for food and, and uh, housing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the places that I ended up staying at, unfortunately, um, the, the hosts were not vegetarian. And um, I ended working pretty hard for these people, mm -hmm. um, being pretty tired by the end of the day and maybe having like uh, a salad or, um, <laughs> you know, just not, not uh, anything uh, of, of, um, sustenance really yeah, so not replenishing what you just spent yeah exactly so i knew um i knew that 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 wasn't going to be the thing and um yeah i think just through a, a a series of sort of finding my way i i had some i had some really beautiful experiences um i actually met uh, a maori guy um, in a town of Nelson, um, and busked with him. He was playing, this guy was playing, very charismatic guy was playing his guitar on the street corner. And I walked up with my drum, um, and asked, uh, asked if I could join him, which, um, at the time, you know, I was hoping, you know, to make a little bit of cash because I, I didn't have a lot of money. I was kind of essentially homeless, just trying to sort of find my way. Hmm. Um, ended up playing with this man and, uh, had a great experience and, uh, at the end, uh, ended up just giving him the money, um, mm -hmm. that we made, but also he came back. I was camping, uh, at the time I had picked up a tent at this point and I think I had like, a a military, uh, wool blanket, uh, essentially. And so... <laughs> I would, I would shiver most of the night sleeping in this tent. And then when the sun came up, I would kind of warm up and then I would get a few hours of sleep. And so I'd been camping in this place maybe for, uh, I don't know, a week or so, um, that I had also just happened to bring this military ration, um, <laughs> that you just basically mix juice with. And so that's what I was eating, uh, for a while. And then, um, thankfully, uh, I ran into this guy and, um, I think he could tell I was in a bit of a bad way and, uh, and offered to take me to the next town where there was an apple orchard that I was going to apply at. And, uh, 
on the way there, um, you know, he picked me up the next day uh, after we had busked and he had saw, you know, he'd seen my campsite, um, picked me up at the, at the crack of dawn. Um, and in the morning he walked up to a tree and he started shaking the tree and saying a prayer for me, which was mm. so touching. It was, it was such a beautiful thing after just being scared and cold and mm. feeling bad about potentially breaking my friend's heart and also and also um, not sure what the relationship that I had uh, potentially um, or the, the potential relationship that I had caused this turmoil, you know, what, what the actual state of that would be either yeah. with me going there to be with this person. And so just a lot of mix up and confused feelings. But here's this, uh, here's this man that came and uh, saying a prayer for me, getting ready to take me to the next town. And on the way there, um, he walked out into the ocean saying a prayer and uh, uh, picked up some oysters. And we had oysters for breakfast, which was amazing. Mm. I'd, I'd never eaten an oyster before, and mm. uh, but it was amazing and, uh, and filled me up for the day. So um, a beautiful aspect of the trip. Uh, but not long after... Um, I did end up getting a job at an apple orchard and, um, I ended up meeting a woman, uh, who essentially took me around. She was also a Maori woman and took me around, showed me some places and she had a, uh, a friend who, um, who she took me to see a sort of very charismatic guy. who was a Rhodes scholar, hmm. um, in New Zealand and, uh, she had a daughter also, and um, one day we decided to tour around, and um, somehow her daughter and I got separated on a trail from her and another friend of hers that was on this uh, on this uh, sort of tourist trip with us. Um, the the trail forked, and I believe you know the daughter and I took uh, the path in a direction that the mother hadn't gone. And uh, eventually, we got back to the mom. The mom was a little shaken, um, understandably. She didn't really know me very well, and here I was. So I think her daughter was maybe three or four. Mm. Um, thankfully, we found our way back after, but the mom was a little shaken, as I mentioned. And we went back to this friend's house, uh, this charismatic man that I mentioned, and. Uh, and yeah, she had mentioned to me that he had a um, almost like a an oddly inappropriate sort of connection with his daughter or with her daughter in a way that he I don't know he he just almost felt like he was she was his daughter and um, I don't know if if the story about us getting separated or 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 what had uh, come to light but it was very clear that all of a sudden you know what what was a jovial atmosphere, uh, with this man sort of shifted to, um, uh, one of feeling quite unwelcome. Wow. And so, um, yeah, uh, the best I can describe it is, um, uh, maybe I was possibly hypnotized by this person. It's hard to say. Mm. Um, but it was right around the time in New Zealand when the, the big tsunami happened in that area. Wow. And, uh, and all of a sudden, we I'm standing there outside uh, with him and this woman and her daughter and uh, this woman's friend. And he kind of um, kind of started insinuating that I was like a mosquito, like a pest that needed to be squashed. Gee. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
and uh, uh, and essentially uh, he started talking, describing what a tsunami was, and made some motions with his hands and started talking about how it sort of uh, can happen with an earthquake under the ocean and and uh, the the most uh, the strangest thing happened. Um, I started to hear what sounded like uh, thousands of pounds of water um, sort of exploding through pipes. Mm. Um, and I started to feel like almost like I was underwater. Um, and I also started to feel like something was sort of like ripping through my body. It was a uh, mm. really uncomfortable, very scary and unpleasant. And meanwhile, uh, interestingly enough, the little girl was standing there with her hands over her eyes. Like she knew something, uh, something not great was happening. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Finally, after feeling pretty dizzy and uh, and obviously um, pretty stunned, not really knowing what was happening, I was kind of on my knees at this point, feeling kind of nauseous. The uh, the sounds concluded, and and I really in, in I'd never felt uh, physically in my body anything uh, uh, quite like what I was feeling. Really felt like something had just kind of gone through me. Um, and so we, we got in the car and, and went back home into the, the, uh, bunkhouse of the apple orchard I was working in and staying at. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just remember going to bed that night, really frightened, not knowing what had happened. It was kind of unlike anything I'd ever experienced in terms of life and what my understanding of reality might be. And so, um, and so I was scared, mm -hmm. um, I went back and approached the woman the next day and kind of wondered, hey, what happened back there? Because I really feel like uh, I feel like I was attacked. And um, and she kind of just shrugged it off. Like, oh, he just got to you. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. And um, there was really not a lot of answers to be found there. Hmm. Um, and so that was that was one of the experiences. Mm -hmm. um, a uh, couple other experiences, fairly traumatic. One was uh, in terms of uh, some uh, San Pedro, some psychedelics uh, mm. with a few guys from the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one didn't involve any substances. Uh, you know, at the time, I believe there was, uh, um, we had smoked some marijuana mm. and there was uh, there was some alcohol involved oh, too. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, not substantial, but certainly altering for sure. Enough, yeah. Yeah, enough. Yeah, for right. sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there was uh, there was that experience with the people from the Czech Republic that I mentioned. Um, essentially, was outside of a ceremonial context, unfortunately. And um, uh, in a nutshell, that just ended up feeling very unsafe yeah. uh, around these guys and uh, ended up uh, leaving sort of... At the time, what felt like I was fleeing for my life and, wow. um, yeah, ended up also once again, though, meeting someone, uh, uh, after that experience, uh, who kind of came and saved the day in a way, hmm. um, too. I, uh, I had on the way out to this beach we were on at the time, um, had noticed there was a house under construction on the way in and I f somehow found my way to this house and there was, a. Uh, a surfboard bag on the back porch that I ended up like uh, 
curling up into until the sun came up. Uh, and a, kind of a funny, uh, odd, uh, kind of rascally, shaven head, young, uh, uh, muscly uh, guy approached me. Um, didn't really see me at first. He kind of bent down and drank some water out of a wheelbarrow and then finally realized I was there mm. in this surfboard bag, uh, um, kind of just staying warm and waiting for the sun to come up and kind of startled him for a second. But then, uh, then you know, we started talking um, Apparently, he uh, he had been up all night uh, having a good time himself, and um, uh, we ended up walking on the beach. And I essentially told him that, you know, I, I had felt really uncomfortable um, uh, the night before with this group of people, and uh, he he shared how actually he had cancer, and um, uh, but you know expressed how you know it was unfortunate that that I had felt how I did, and even kind of. I, I, I had to go back to the campsite to get my things and he came with me and he kind of, uh, kind of stuck up for me, uh, with these guys. And, um, and so, uh, so that was another bit of a shell shock experience, just kind of, uh, having this psychedelic experience, uh, really more in, in more of a, I would say a recreational environment, unfortunately, and set and setting was just, uh, it wasn't the best. And, and yeah, for whatever reason, these, these guys that I thought were my friends, kind of the vibe really quickly changed in terms of, uh, their, mm. their, the way they were treating me at the time. And so, right. um, yeah. Wow. What an initiation. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah. it really was. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, a, a rite of passage, a shamanic journey, but not yeah. one held in a really safe container. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought of it, but in much in that way. But it it absolutely was an initiation, um, for sure. Um, yeah, I I I ended up, um, yeah, having an having one more experience there that was also quite challenging. <laughs> and there's more. Okay. Yeah, there's more. Yeah. Um, yeah, for some reason, it just seems like it's good to tell this story. Okay. Um, uh, because we're, we're on it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was living on the beach. I was living on this same beach that I met the Czech Republic folks or that I, uh, that I, that I just mentioned, uh, having the experience with the guys from the Czech Republic, um, living in a tent, uh, uh, essentially eating cheese and peanut butter and um, things that would stay because the the town was about a mile walk in. I had thankfully made some money um, working on the apple orchard enough to kind of buy food and that kind of thing. But I was living in a tent and uh, and and drinking rainwater mm. and um, in this funny little area with these sort of uh, ragtag odd group of people um almost like this little hobo camp kind mm. of this guy who was living in a van another guy was living uh in a bus and myself living in a tent and i kind of made friends with this guy that was in the camp you know it was raining most of the time it was kind of cold dreary um so i would go i was smoking cigarettes at the time and would go and sit and have some coffee and smoke cigarettes with this guy and his dog. And, um, 
just an interesting character. Um, and then unfortunately one night, you know, we were sitting out there and he, uh, he essentially, uh, propositioned me for sex mm. and, and I, uh, I wasn't interested and I, I immediately got really scared. You know, I just mm. felt like, oh, geez, uh, here's this guy making this offer. This almost, uh, I don't know, we're in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Uh, how this guy's going to react when I let him know that I'm actually not interested and unfortunately started touching himself and mm. um, and I slowly kind of thankfully was uh, sort of outside of his van. I sort of politely declined and slowly started inching my way away um, and I remember just sort of standing by my tent just in fear of not knowing, you know, sort of if this guy was going to sort of change his tone somehow or be offended by me essentially declining his inappropriate uh, offer. Mm. Um, and so I stood by my tent uh, just watching because it was essentially directly across from where this uh, guy's van was, just stood there watching uh, until his light went off and kind of just watched his van in fear until the sun came up. Wow. Went on out to the beach and um, sat there and kind of collected myself, grabbed my things and, and headed to a hostel. And so um, I feel like that was kind of the, all of those things, uh, I think was a culmination of me saying, you know, I've had enough of this. I'm yeah. ready to go home. <laughs> so thankfully I have a really wow. good friend who, uh, who helped me change my ticket, uh, uh, and, uh, um, flew home. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing all those stories. And it's fascinating to me that it, you actually felt compelled to share that last story that involved sexuality. Because as you were telling the other stories, I was thinking about how I've had more than a couple of clients, usually female, um, who have had traumatic, unwelcome sexual experiences while traveling abroad in this kind of real freeform way, you know, um, and uh, like I think a lot of people have this assumption that, you know, traveling, oh, yeah, I can just go do anything and everything's going to be fine. The world's going to look out for me. And as I hear your story, like obviously there were several people that really did look out for you and mm -hmm. really did help you make it through. And there were some more real traumas that happened along the way, too. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Yeah. We're going to have to just push pause on our conversation for today. But be sure to come back next week, because as always, the conversation gets deeper and more insightful, and we can really see the bigger arc of the picture. So be sure to check out the next episode so that you can continue receiving the medicine that our guest is so willingly sharing with us. Thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life too is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.